Samsung charged with misleading Galaxy phone owners over water resistance. That was weird the way that I read that. Uh, Samsung, I guess, I don't know, hot water. See that? Water resistance, they're in hot water. Are you resistant to hot water, Samsung? Well, no, I mean, they got, they're facing all kinds of hot water. Yesterday's episode, Galaxy Fold. Yeah, we fixed it. Did you fix it? I, I mean, we're waiting to see, but here's how we fixed it. Now, today, an Australian consumer watchdog suing Samsung over what they say is uh, not false advertising, but misleading advertising. Now, uh, as you know, Samsung devices for a while now have had some form of water resistance baked into them to different degrees, depending on the version that you're talking about. And of course, Samsung, they've been, uh, they want to advertise that. They want to let people know, hey, you can uh, splash our phones. But see, the issue here specifically, I mean, maybe there's a reason that this story is coming out of Australia. Australia will. You're familiar. Down you, under. You heard of it. Uh, the beach. They got the beach in Australia. They do. They got it. And uh, the beach has got something called salt water. Well, you know, it's a different. It's a different type of water. You want to drink this water. You don't want to bathe in this water. I mean, maybe you can bathe in it. But one thing you don't want to do is take your supposedly uh, uh, water-resistant device, which is tested in fresh water. Sir. Sir. Sir Willie Do. Fresh water, not salt water. You don't want to take that fresh water-tested device and dunk it or keep it for an extended period of time in salt water. And so most of, most of the testing here, like if you look at the um, IP ratings and, and so forth, uh, they specify the type of water. So uh, specifically here, IP68 water resistance, which is what this particular Galaxy device was advertised as having, uh, that means that, that it can last in water 1.5 meters deep for 30 minutes. But it doesn't necessarily, in this particular article, doesn't stipulate salt versus fresh, but the implication is fresh because fresh, it doesn't, uh, it's obviously less uh, destructive yeah. For, for these, it, 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 there's, there's no erosion potential. And the, the seals, the um, gaskets are just set up for the cleaner substance, the freshwater substance. Now, that said, there are many people, of course, that have taken their IP68 devices into salt water and been okay with it. Because in, in many cases, these things are over-engineered to begin with. But the actual testing and certification doesn't necessarily take that into account. So that's what this particular situation is about. Now, the case here involves over 300 advertisements. So Samsung went heavy on the Galaxy at the Beach situation, as you would if you were advertising in Australia, which, as I mentioned earlier, Will, what do they have in Australia? Salt water. The beach, Will. Yeah, yeah. I mean. They got the beach, water. okay? The beach has salt water, but they got the beach. It's about the beach life. If you know about Australia, you know about the beach. As far as I can tell, as far as I've heard. Word on the street, the Australian street. The beach is there. Uh, there's Here's some of the ads Will's showing off. I mean, a guy's just like underwater with goggles on. Is he's, that what you do? He's in a pool. Now, a pool is, a, is another story as well. Because the pool itself has chemicals, potentially, or it could be a saltwater pool. So once again, you're in the same territory. Now, this is a misleading. You're, you know what? That's a misleading commercial. 
the ad, the, the, the visual that Will is showcasing right now is a guy just chilling underwater on his smartphone. He's just like, it's like he's been there for an hour. Now, obviously he hasn't. Obviously your better judgment tells you that this guy uh, can't stay under there forever because he has no apparatus to do so. Like he can't breathe. He can't hold his breath forever. So if you read into it on second glance, you're like, okay, yeah, they're fabricating this situation. But what he's doing right now in conjunction with the IP68 to the right is not exactly the way it's implied, Will. He's not in a freshwater lake. We don't know how many meters down. and We don't know how long he's been there. So that's where they're coming from with the misleading thing. Now, you need to decide as an audience member where you stand on this. Is this up to the consumer? Does the consumer have to read through this and, and kind of uh, assume that this is amped up for the purpose of the commercial? Or is it up to the brand to be more direct? Is it up to the brand to, to be more obvious and not to assume that the customer knows not to use the device in that manner. So presumably what could happen in this circumstance is that an end user goes out. I mean, this guy even put Salty Summers in the caption on this Instagram-sponsored post. Is it up to the user to recognize that the, that the brand is uh, overemphasizing the capability of the device or does the brand bear the brunt of the entire responsibility? Did Samsung overreach in this department? Uh... It's a tough one for me to come to. I always, I'm like, man, I'm skeptical to begin with, Will. I walk around the streets skeptical. You show me something, I'm like, eh, I don't know. Hmm. I said yesterday, on yesterday's show, I like to poke and prod. Yeah. That's what I'm, I'm a poker. You know, I know if I don't have it, I can't examine it up close and personal. I don't know if it's real or fake, especially on the internet 2019. You don't know what you're looking at. And so I would look at this stuff and go, eh, I'm not going for a bath. Right. Although a bath might be all right. But still, you know. I mean, this is common sense here, I feel like. You're in the common sense department? The, this girl shows she's surfing. Yeah. And, and what, she's going to bring a phone hey, while she's Hey, you know, surfing? look, look like, man, look. Come on. Look, Will. Someone's going to do it. And if one person does it, then I guess they were misled. Right. Right. I mean, what can you do? What can you say about somebody does it? They go... I saw the ad, the surf girl. I mean, I bought the phone because of the surf girl. And then I'm in the ocean and my phone is busted. Samsung, I hate you. You see how that goes, Will? Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying it's me. I'm not saying it's you. It could be Kirk. <laughs> and he's the type of guy goes down to the beach and all of a sudden he's swimming with phones. I don't recommend it. Uh, anyway, this kind of opens up. It's a can of worms. It's a can of worms for sure because I, the, the latest uh, uh, Apple Watch video... They're running into the ocean with the Apple Watch. I mean, I guess it's got an even... What IP rating is that? Is it 68 as well? I don't know. Maybe it's beyond 68. It, it might actually be beyond since it is a watch. Do they say IPX7? And that's 50 meters. So it's, it's, it's a next level type of thing. And they in their commercial, they show it. You know, they run... The, 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 the dudes are running the triathlon. They're into the water and so forth. And it just gets really complicated and confusing how you can show it off. Also, Will, you try to do an ad on water resistance, and the water resistance is 1.5 meters of fresh water. What is it, in a bucket? Ew. Yeah. Uh, you can't sell anything in a bucket, Will, except for Kentucky Fried Chicken. You understand? Delicious. It's the only thing you can sell in a bucket. And maybe a bucket of beer as well. I don't know. But um, 
This is the ad I was talking about. They're doing synchronized swimming underwater with the Apple Watch, doing all kinds of things with the Apple Watch. But there is still, even within this, a certain necessity of common sense of that, like, he fell off the bike. Now, see? You see, Will? He fell off the bike, smashed his arm. Could you smash the watch if you copied his behavior? There is a line. That's all I'm saying. There is a line. And we got to figure out where it was. I'm sure Samsung doesn't even care about this. What is this going to be? A couple million bucks? Will? You know what type of numbers Samsung's doing? You think they care about Australian uh, million Australian dollars? No, they don't care. They don't care. They'll make the adjustment. Maybe they'll be more careful in the future. The main thing is, are customers upset? Because that's really what could hurt their bottom line, is if customers are upset. And uh, funny enough, at least for our community here, I think that the IP rating system is actually fairly well understood. And I think people with the latest, with the hottest Galaxy device are probably going to keep it out in the ocean, for the most part. So. That's where I stand on behalf of this community. But as far as like the greater smartphone purchasing community, maybe Samsung needs to uh, pull back a little bit. Get, get out of the ocean. I get it. You're in Australia. It's tempting. There's beaches. Get out the ocean, all right? Show me your phone. Uh, next up, Apple reportedly shifting, listen to this, Will, to a new keyboard design. Well, I, I personally like the butterfly keys, but I can see why they did it. A lot of recalls, a lot of repairs, boatloads of money. Ladies and gentlemen, a national treasure. Willie Do just dropped a boatload on you. And you didn't expect it, you see? He didn't yeah. wait to be prompted. He was like, he knew coming into today, there was an agenda. Today's my day. Not your day, my day. Fourth of July, Willie Do, ladies and gentlemen. Round of applause. Not the loudest round of applause, but better than none. I appreciate it. Thanks, Kurt. Uh, look, look, Will, I don't care what you say about your keyboard specifically. They got problems, man. Our small sample size has proven it. It's around the internet. It's everywhere. You can't sell this thing the way that it was. You got to do something about it. You can't release a product with a repair program in place at the release date. That is an ugly look, sir. I mean, we talked about Samsung yesterday. They're like, they didn't even put it to market knowing the problems that were going to... And I still think there will be problems with that device even after they launch it. I'm talking about the Galaxy Fold. But in this case, Apple keeps releasing iterations of this notebook with the keyboard they know is faulty in the sense that they have the repair program in place for... They were like, yeah, our keyboards are still are still messed up, but we'll replace it really quick. So like expect to go through a few. And then I bought that latest generation MacBook Air when it came out and it was busted in like six days. It was, it scared me, man. Six days, I was like, I gotta tell people this is, it's too much now. Cause especially at that point, it was my second one to exhibit the issue. Even yours, you're saying you like the action of the butterfly key switch, but you had sticky keys. Don't lie to the people, Willie Do. I did, yeah. Tell them how it is. Everybody it, it wasn't working for like a while and it, it fixed itself and then it, it kept on breaking and yeah, it was a bad experience. Yeah, it's, it's, it's out there. It's in the world and Apple had to do something. So what are they going to do specifically? According to Ming-Chi Kuo, he's the dude. He's that guy in this space. I mean, he's all over it always. He says he's got word that the coming MacBook Air set to come out later this year and the MacBook Pro available starting in 2020 
will drop the so-called butterfly key switch. They're just done with it. It's too much. It's over. We tried. We kept piling it into multiple generations. This is one of those situations, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Like they thought they had this next thing. Then the evidence started to come back that was like, okay, maybe some people like the action or the low profile like you, but like, here's the downside. Here's the potential downside. Maybe we have to go back to something more boring, the typical scissor key switch, which is the rumor now that that is what they'll go back to. A scissor switch, just like uh, every single keyboard on planet Earth has some sort of laptop keyboard, has some sort of switch like this. So it would be, yes, more boring, not a special key switch, more, probably more like what existed on the MacBook Pro prior to the butterfly. So if you recall those MacBook Pros before they got super slender, you had a higher profile, but it meant more action. And of course, a key switch less susceptible to the types of issues that we've seen on the uh, most immediate versions, most, most recent versions of the MacBook Pro. Uh, what are users gonna say? I think users are gonna be happy. Like, here's the thing, I'm telling you, low profile is nice. When you first see it, you're like, wow, how did they do it? How is there any click with something that's so slender and, and, and you know, barely pressed? How does it, how, it felt tactile. Like, I have to say, of course, I've been on this ThinkPad keyboard and enjoying it, but somehow that butterfly key switch with almost no travel felt tactile. And it was, I think, a feat of engineering, but one of those circumstances in which the benefits simply did not uh, outweigh the drawbacks, in the, especially in the Department of Durability. And so what does this mean? <clears throat> it means you're gonna have a keyboard probably more like the standalone Magic Keyboard that you can purchase today if you wanna get an idea of what this will be like. Or you can go uh, tickle an old, an old MacBook Pro because that's essentially what these feel like as well. It's kind of like the current low profile keyboard, but just with slightly more travel. I had a lot of experience with keyboards like this on the old MacBook Pro, so I think it'll be fine. And I think most people are willing to make this trade in exchange for greater durability, reliability. I mean, it's just a, it's just a weird experience to buy. You know, I spec'd out like ridiculous MacBook Pro, like $4,000 or something. When you have a key keep breaking on you, it just spoils the whole experience. It just, <clears throat> it really just uh, takes something out of it. It takes away the premium vibe, vibe completely, regardless of anything else you might like about the product. So uh, I'd say this is good news for most. Again, just a rumor, but it would make a lot of sense. And I will say, I think it took a bit too long, to be honest. Mm. I think they... They, when you release a new version of your old product, which already had a pre-existing problem that was well-documented, and you don't address those issues or you partially address those issues, like oh, we have a new membrane and it's okay and we're always really cagey in the press about it, instead of just saying, hey, there's a problem here. We're not going to release a new version until we've nailed it. Um, I feel like that would have been more responsible and it would have uh, it would have garnered a better reception from tech fans, enthusiasts, because this has been well-documented now. And so I'm excited to see what they do. As much as I've uh, fallen in love with the uh, ThinkPad series, X1 Carbon, as I've mentioned previously, hey, I try all the products, so I'm curious. Do you think the profile will be thicker, like the MacBook I do. design? I, yeah. I think the keyboard itself is going to have to raise up a little bit. Now, yeah. they may carve into the base of the unit to, to have it, to have most of that travel happen 
you know, deeper than it could have previously. Maybe there's a way of maintaining the slim profile on the outside of the device while uh, having more key travel. Like this device is thin, right? This is the X1 Carbon. It's not MacBook Air thin, but it's not far off. And the keys themselves, they just pop up a little bit more. But if you see, they recess the keyboard deck. Right. Yeah, they, you can actually see that in that camera lens right there. You recess the keyboard deck itself in order to get the higher key switch and the more typical key switch that you would see on a laptop. So there's ways of doing it. Now, from a design perspective, does it limit you a little bit, right? You can't have this, this streamlined deck like you have on your MacBook Pro right now. But again, like I said, benefits, drawbacks, this is a move they had to make and they should have made it sooner as far as I'm concerned. Uh, PlayStation Classic has, uh, has experienced a price drop. You know these little like gaming consoles that compact with the classic games from a particular era. So there was the NES, the SNES classic, and in PlayStation, they put out one. Uh, and when they launched it, it was like a hundred bucks, okay? Now, in my opinion, PS1, not the same nostalgia as like a SNES, for example. That said, man, I the OG version of this console, I played a ton, right? So there's a bit for me on a personal level, mm. I'm getting good vibes from that little gray unit right there. The, the, the giant Genesis. buttons. You know how satisfying opening that that tr yeah, it was. that lid was? Yeah. It was so good with a big button. Yep. I mean, you don't get big buttons anymore. If you yeah. get a button, it's a small button these days. It's like touch capacity. Ah, uh, uh, yeah. No tactile feedback. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, they had a Genesis one recently too, the Mini Genesis. Mini Genesis. That's really cool. So it started a trend. It started with Nintendo. It started a trend. These things, they come loaded with basically what you need and they work with modern TVs. You're probably aware of these. They were kind of, they were really hot for a minute. Mm -hmm. Like really hot, like out of stock hot yep. for a minute, as the youngsters say. I hear the youngsters say, in a minute type of thing. You know what I mean? Yeet. They might say yeet as well, so... I, I count on Willie Do to keep us up to date around here because this is like a senior citizen home when it comes to the internet. There's like regular age. You know how they say like there's there's human years, dog years, then there's internet years. Uh, yeah. And no one is young enough for the internet, as far as I can tell. Yeah. So we're always we're moving back and forth. We're translating. We got Willie Do though. So we're in the game. We're in the game. Anyhow, uh, these things took off. They were hot. The PlayStation 1, not so hot. People were like, where's my Gran Turismo? Because I put a lot of hours into that oh, yeah, game. Yeah, that well. was a classic. That game taught me a yeah. lot about life. Is that possible? I'll just <laughs> tell you why. Because the agenda and the objective was not as direct. And it was more just like, do what you want with your car. Like, customize it and stuff like this. And many different paths. Like, hey, pick a car from this class. That will be your next car in your garage type of thing. And then upgrades to it and stuff like that. It was less linear. Yeah. And so I put hours into it. Yeah, you put a lot of stock in that car. That uh, absolutely. It was, and it was your thing. It was like personalized. It yeah. was custom. So that was really exciting for me. Anyway, didn't have that title. It had titles like Final Fantasy, Jumping Flash, Ridge, Race, Ridge Racer, and Tekken 3. I'm sure there's some good titles on there. But anyhow, the exciting part here, the reason I'm bringing it up is when it launches 100 bucks. now they're like, all right, fine. Maybe it's not as hot as the SNES. So we're going to drop the price to $24.99. Now, $24.99, you're like, man, that's a, I mean, that's a, that's a dinner, you know, that's like a, that's a fun night. That's a fun night for $25. Also, it's a fun gift for $25. Yeah. You go to, you, someone needs a birthday gift, $25. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, it's a totally different proposition at that price point. Uh, there's 20 titles on there. We got Metal Gear Solid. I mean, I'm in it for the dialogue and the soundtrack, Metal Gear Solid. Twisted Metal? Come on. Mm-hmm. Of course, Final Fantasy, I already mentioned. There's a bunch more. You can check it out for yourself. Did it have Tony Hawk 2? I doubt they got the Tony Hawk 2 on there. I mean, Willie Duke could check into it. He can tell us what the exact list is. Bring up the 20 games. We'll get into it real quick. I guess it's important if you're considering this. Uh, PlayStation Classic, yeah. This this will list the 20 titles on the Wikipedia page. 20 preloaded games. Grand Theft Auto, one of the early versions of it. Wow, that's crazy. I remember that version. I had that version on PC, actually. It was the above the top-down version of the game. I thought, oh my, we're stealing cars. This is wild. Okay, Battle Arena to Shinden. Cool border, cool borders too. The snowboard game. Wow. OG Grand Theft Auto, Metal Gear Solid, Resident Evil Director's Cut. I mm. uh, keep scrolling here. You see, the thing is, it shouldn't be Ridge Racer. I apologize, but it should be Gran Turismo anyway. Siphon Filter. Oh, man. I had that. I had that game. Tekken, Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six. So I get it. Look. Some of these are more niche titles, not necessarily the biggest titles for the platform. But for 25, there's some entertainment in there, and there's a cool gift for somebody in there as well, in my opinion. Price dip. Now, if you go back to that other article you were on there, Will, it said the price was different at a few different places. It looks to me like Amazon and Best Buy are going to have the $24.99. And what, what do you have there? The price dropped over the next few months, 60 40 then 30 uh now okay best buy and amazon have at 25 so maybe it might be a little bit more somewhere else but as of right now 25 bucks best buy amazon one of the cheaper classic consoles you can consoles you can get for a little little uh, nostalgia drip so to speak hmm. uh we've been talking a little bit about cars recently this one uh this ford vehicle is i think it's the most expensive car ford has ever made it is a million dollar car that Ford has made, of course, in a very small number. And it is the the first time that they have uh, released a car non-street legal. It's not a street legal car. There's a street legal version of it. But this version of the Ford GT is only for the track. <laughs> so, so you spend a million bucks just to drive this thing at the track. It's, it's kind of wild. So it is the 45 GT MK2S. It is priced at $1.2 million. It is capable of cornering loads of two Gs, which that doesn't mean much to me, and I'm sure many of you. Uh, the thing is going to be a wild ride, a roller coaster on the track, I'm certain. It's a race car, essentially. Zero to 60 in three seconds, topping out at 216 miles per hour and other regulations stipulate that it is uh it is locked at around 500 horsepower which doesn't sound like a ton but this is not the one will that's the old ford gt uh what you're looking for here is the it, i mean it's based on the 2017 ford gt there's there you go that heritage right there is the same version but these are that's the street version of the car which already the price is going up substantially because they limit the numbers so much and old versions of the Ford GT have actually accumulated value over time. They have a, a crazy fan base, so you can actually buy this car if they let you. That's right, you need to like write a letter to buy one of these. And then the investment gathers value over time. It's one of the few cars, not one of the few cars, but there's, there, there's, a, there's a handful of cars where that happens, the GT being one of them. 
So the GT MK2 is a track day version of this car Will's showcasing, just the standard GT supercar. It's more powerful, better handling, but not street legal. It fits somewhere between a race car and a street car. It has crazy things like a water spray for the charge air cooler and a roof-mounted air intake. So like crazy ways to try to cool the thing down. It's basically if you want to own your very own race car, essentially. But uh, anyhow, the Ford GT, the first million dollar out the gate. Like many of these go for more than a million. This Ford GT Heritage Edition, VIN number 001 that Will's showing, it at auction got 2.5 million at auction. But it wouldn't have been a million like the the regular street legal Ford GT from Ford if they let you buy it isn't a million out the gate. They just gather value because of how limited they are. Uh, I think there's a, yeah, so the, the GT MK2 that I'm talking about here, the race car version is limited to what? 1,300 cars? Uh, no, 45, right. I said that earlier, 45 of this race car version and then of the version that Will's showcasing, the street legal version of it, there's only 1,350 and production ends in 2022. So it's like super limited, crazy aerodynamic race car. In the case of the regular Ford GT, you can drive on the street. And if I don't know how rich you have to be to have your own like weekend race car that you can't drive on the road. Because then think about this, Will. You have to have a truck to transport this car to the track right? just for those temporary experiences. So you got the million-dollar car. You got the how much, however much it costs to transport the thing. Do you just own a transport truck at that point? Just to go back and forth. Oh yeah. So it's, uh, I mean, it's pretty wild. But the, hey, man, people are out there. Mm -hmm. People are out there, and uh, you know what? Have some fun, people. If you got 1.2 million for a race car that you can't drive to the racetrack, well done. Congrats. I wonder what the maintenance is. For oh god, it as you well. don't even want to. I mean, you can't really put a lot of miles on these things either because they're so valuable. As you see in that auction, 2.5 million. Like, do you even drive it? Does it just go straight to the to your garage, to your museum? Does it go to, right to Jay Leno's garage and then yeah. sit there and then somebody polishes it every day? Maybe. Maybe that's how it happens. Mm -hmm. Like, it's like it's like how I feel about those sneaker collections. Like, guys have 200 sneakers. Yeah, it's they like, have well, it in, just, like, a clear box. It's just a warehouse now. Like, yeah. you're not... Those aren't sneakers anymore. Yeah. Those are something else now. Yeah, not even in display, I guess. Just, like, in a warehouse, just waiting to collect more money that's what people have yeah they're just you're just holding on you you could be invested in anything at that point you mm. could be invested in uh gold bars yeah at that point but at least in this case if you're into it if you're an enthusiast you get to look at it which is kind of cool i guess mm -hmm. so willie if you're looking for a new car will i just i put this story in there for you i know you have a very discerning taste and uh, it's on my list there you go okay yeah. so just put it in there do a little research uh remember we've been talking about this this Beyond Meat, Impossible Burger, Impossible Foods. I mean, they're competing right now. It's all a rage. It's so hot right now. You don't understand, Will. The the stock skyrocketing. Kirk, did you try it yet? You tried it. Kirk tried it. He liked it. Uh, it's just everyone's talking about it. Eat less meat. Get this burger instead. Uh, I mean, they call themselves impossible, so they obviously feel like they've achieved something. And, and Beyond Meat, they're kind of saying, hey, ours is better than meat. So I haven't tried it yet. 
which is crazy. I saw it at the grocery store. Oh, I think really? I should just put it on a barbecue and get to the bottom of it. Yeah, definitely. So I'm going to do that. Uh, I'll do that this week. I'll do that this week. This okay. weekend, sorry. Are we Apologies. invited? Uh, absolutely not. And But anyhow, dietitians not so into it. The hype machine behind it, dietitians apparently know. This, doesn't it sound like the evening news all of a sudden? The Beyond Meat Burger. Dietitians say no. You know what well, I'm saying? <laughs> 6 p.m. Tonight at 6 p.m., the 6 o'clock news. Beyond Meat. Is it all it per... It's not all it's cracked up to be. See, can you... Beyond Meat plant-based burgers. Healthier than red meat? Dietitians say no. You see how that goes? Anyway, uh, yeah, so they're saying they looked through the ingredients and some dietitians said as much as they sort of uh, agree you should limit your meat intake, there's, they're saying there's so many processed materials inside of these burgers that they don't want the message to get out there that like this is a completely healthy alternative that you should eat an unlimited amount of. Uh, kind of similar to our original, our earlier story about advertising and like yeah it's water resistant but you shouldn't swim with it this is kind of a similar case of like everyone wants to believe there's an impossible burger that's healthy for you you're not going to get fat eat it all the time it's it's good to go but they're saying you know they, they sifted through the ingredients particularly what they're worried about here is processed soy uh processed soy is controversial because it strips out some of the key nutrients found in traditional soy foods and it can contain unhealthy compounds. So there's a processing aspect to it. Now, in order to get this burger to be as juicy as it is, it's, it's necessary to bring in materials like soy and, uh, and other oils and things like this to get that moisture back in there. And uh, what that means is you're kind of mimicking, in trying to mimic the flavor of the red meat, you're also mimicking the attributes about it that are potentially bad for you. A similar case for sodium, lots of sodium in here. Turns out the reason you like a burger is because it's salty and juicy. Who would have thought? I mean, it's organic, but it's processed. You see how that gets confusing? So these nutritionists are saying something that you're going to hate to hear. Mm. They're saying, forget about the Impossible Burger, make your very own Impossible Burger at home with your whole foods ingredients. Because you have like four hours every night. Yeah. To like slam together, to, to in your chemistry lab, to slam together your pea proteins. Hey, well, that's just another night for a guy like you. Yeah. Shoo, sheesh, jeez, man, that's tough. It's tough. You can't win out here. But the dietitian here, Catherine Perez, she puts the impossible burger in the indulgence category. At which point you're like, I don't know, do I just get a Big Mac then? What am I doing? Mm -hmm. She says it's an indulgence. What am I doing? Why am I going to waste by one indulgence on uh, this uh, impossible imposter. You see what I did there? That's my name for this burger. No, who knows? Maybe it's even tastes even better. I don't know. And, and, and maybe mixing it up isn't so bad. Anyhow, these stocks, they're skyrocketing. People are buying into the marketing. Nonetheless, as human beings do, I'll try it. I'll get back to you. But apparently, it's still squarely in the indulgence category at the moment all right well last one for me uh it's the new segment which today was a tough one i gotta uh -oh. be <laughs> i gotta be honest today was a tough one uh we look at the top of trending 
and I am forced to watch and therefore analyze uh, whatever video sits at the top of trending. It's just, it's turned into quite a task. And I take this task very seriously. On today's episode, top of trending US global site, Sawidi, my type official video, currently sitting at 2.3 million views, uploaded one day ago on the channel official Sawidi. Uh, hashtag my type challenge, hashtag Sawidi, hashtag all caps icy girl. And uh, we've got the lyrics as well, which I will not be reading. This is a family-friendly episode. But the lyrics in the description of the video, just in case you're unclear when you're watching it. This, my friends, is a relatively traditional hip-hop video. Reminiscent of something you may have seen in the early 2000s on a channel like MTV or BET. You can see as Will skims through it here. It's a party scene type of scenario. Uh, the lyrics, very straightforward. The visuals, also straightforward. Am I saying anything right now? (laughs) There is uh, dance moves going on. Body parts are being displayed. Saweetie herself obviously has some sort of a background in body movement of sorts. This is the most dad mode explanation (laughs) possible. Go on. Uh, listen, listen, this is your typical, this is your typical kind of hip hop thing that's trending right now at the top. It's a bit of fun. I actually think it's somewhat honest. I've been analyzing the top of trending a little bit, even like off camera without this segment in the show. And I'm amazed at how dishonest some music videos are with the message and the lyrics and the visuals. At least this one is what it pertains to be. All right. Go if you want, read the lyrics, look at the video, and you're like, yeah, it's, I mean, she's saying what it is, and she's showing you what it is, and you get to decide if you want it or not. Kind of surprising it's the top of trending. Obviously, she's very popular right now, Uh, but it's a bit, um, well, I mean, it's at least R-rated, right, in the lyrics and, 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 and in the visuals, and top of trending. So as much conversation that happens about trending and advertisers safe and friendly this and that and then this baby squarely planted Sawidi right at the top there Uh, highlights of the video include some twerking on top of a a basketball hoop Mm -hmm. which there's some risk involved there as far as I can tell people in the comments they're a little split the thumbs up to down ratio fairly healthy People in the comments split. Is this what music's come to? Blah, 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 so on and so forth. The video itself is two minutes and 45 second runtime, which seems to be a key factor in having a successful music video these days. Short runtimes, catchy hooks, and repeated, like more repetition in the hook than you would have previously had. It seems to be harder to catch people now. You need to be so hooky, so catchy, to break through the noise, I think that's kind of what they're going for here. This is not my type, this is not my thing. For the record, this is not an endorsement. I think that's fair to say. It's not playing in my car. That's fine, to each their own. I'm surprised to see it at the top of trending. Another thing that struck struck a chord with me, the product placements. So again, in this age, in this era of uh, um, advertiser safe content, here we have something which is showing a lot of skin, which is, uh, like I said, at least R-rated. They got a commercial 
a, a very clear, like they, they stopped the video for a TikTok commercial, which is this, the, the social media app, TikTok. I'm sure you've heard of it. And it's, it's just blatant. The logo is there. Well, Will's showing it off right now. And then there's also an ad in there for Beats headphones, which, I mean, they have that kind of relationship synergy with hip hop videos. So that one's less surprising. This one, the, the video actually stops to show it to you. I don't know if people care or if people are just used to it. They come to expect it now, but it's in there. They secured the TikTok sponsorship in, in this video for this content, and they got them to the top of trending. So TikTok's probably happy with it. But, I mean, there's, there was the liquor brand in there. It's a lot. It's a lot of material in there getting paid for. So, I mean, you got to pay for the video somehow. You got you to gotta stack the paper, uh, Kirk, as the youngsters they say out there. I'm embracing dad mode. I'm not even trying anymore. I'm, embrace, I'm fully embracing dad mode. Uh, I like the old Pontiac there. I mean, you don't even see those things, let alone one that's in that, like got that paint job on it. Uh, but it's, yeah, it's got your classic, typical hip-hop situation. It's, it's really not that new. I hate to break it to you, but it's got the catchiness to it. Uh, and this, what an experiment, man, analyzing these trending videos. I don't even know what I'm in for. I'm, uh, oh, I should just say, the, the thing is about my type. She's explaining her type of uh, love interest. Yeah. And the type she describes is basically someone like myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, man, that is rough. That's, uh, that's terrible. Anyway, uh, you don't really have to go check it out. I mean, it's up to you. I feel like I kind of described it here for you. But this is, what's, this is the world right now, so it's worth breaking down. If it's a top of trending, then guess what? It's news, Will. And we need to know how to think about this stuff. And, and I have to say, what's happening in music right now, with the shortening of the song, the hook being overly simplified and so forth, it is there's a kind of like a superficial engagement with the music right now that's happening, where it's like you have to be able to perceive it at a distance. The outline of it has to be so clear and obvious to you to figure out what to do with it. Like the other day we were looking at that Madonna video, which is way more abstract in like the presentation, I would say no, maybe less honest than this in the sense that, you know, there's the, the, the meaning is, is more, the meaning is more hidden. There's more, it, there's more that's open to interpretation. There's nothing open art. to, there's nothing open to interpretation here. What are you supposed to interpret? The yeah. lyrics are straightforward. The hook is straightforward. The visuals are straightforward. It's just like, here it is and it's on display. And I feel like that's kind of where the music business is at right now. Uh, two minutes and 44 seconds. It's three, choruses three, co three choruses, two verses. Hook it, hook it, hook it. Boom. It's embedded in your brain. It's like installing some type of virus. This is what's going on. This is the laboratory they're working in. If people like us here on YouTube, if we're working in the laboratory of like, how do you get a person to click on a video, regardless of what segment you're in, what they're working in is how do you get a person to just how do you embed a hook deeply enough that they can't escape it and and there's it turns out there's tactics will there's mechanisms at play the short song is the main thing keep looking for it what was the the track a billion views what was the just recently Lil Nas L yeah what's the name of that track Lil Nas um, Old Town, Old Town Road. Road there you go oh, horse in the yard in the back and whatever else that it's meme meme music. There it is. Meme music. That's what I'm getting at. Meme music. I think I said that three times there. All right. Disengage dad mode. 
Willie Do, what do you got today? Uh, speaking of Google, oh. here's some Google news. Huh. Um, if you ever wanted some uh, swag from Google, all you got to do is name your child Google. So this uh, Indonesian uh, family um, had a little baby and named him Google. And uh, they posted on social media and Google actually, you know, they found out and sent them some stuff. I mean, you're nodding. <laughs> Don't do that. Don't do, you head. see what you just did, Will? You publicized this and now you know what happened? You can't, we can't have people, we can't be calling people Google. Uh, hey, Google. Oh, I feel bad for the kid, man. No, it's not really cute, is it? Yeah, Will? apparently there's no middle name. Like, this is literally their name. You know what? He could change his name, I guess. They get the swag, they he could, gets the yeah. swag, and then maybe he changes his name later. Yeah. Uh, man, the kid Google at school? Oh, I'm, oh. I'm not really, I got to be honest, the like heavy, unique names of like where you have to double take it. I don't mind a unique name, but if you got to double take it, it's a whole life experience for that person. Yeah. You're selecting a particular life experience for that individual. They're going to have to explain their name every time they meet somebody. Mm -hmm. How did that happen? Why are you Google? You're, is it, are you really Google? Oh man, it's painful. So they thought of other names before that. Yeah. Um, Microsoft iPhone, <laughs> iOS, and Windows. Are you sure this is serious, Will? Well, there's a lot of articles on it. Are you sure? <laughs> I don't know, man. This could be a scam. This could be... We could be getting trolled here. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, U.S. technology giant Google has sent gifts to the baby boy named Google by their parents in Indonesia. Google was born in November, but his birth certificate went viral last week. So he's got a real birth certificate posted on social media, though you could Photoshop something like that. The problem is if you show appreciation for something like this, you encourage other people to do it. And then mm -hmm. if anybody else wants the swag, they start doing weird stuff. Like I guess that stuff goes on. There's nothing you could do about it. Is it the worst thing ever? No. There's much more terrible news than this. But I'm just like, no one asked the kid, man. He's got to be Google now. He's wearing a Google shirt. He's got a Google box. And his name is Google. What if he likes iPhones? <laughs> I apologize for that. All right, Will, what do you got? You got a question for I us? I got a question. You got one question. All right, let's do it. If you want to send your question to the show, email will at lulater.com. What do you got? This comes from uh, Krishna. Have you ever sat, sat down and have you ever sat down and wondered what would happen to your YouTube channel after you... Mm, like die? Wow. Pass away. Well, thanks for, the, thanks for the bright light type of question here. Also, what do you think about leaving behind all your personal data? Yeah, no, that is weird. I have thought about that. Yeah. Uh, dead social media accounts like apparently they're meaningful to people it helps them grieve yeah. i hear this uh i think i don't know if it's a radio lab podcast or something people will go back and look at old messages and they get really upset if accounts get wiped or something because they they think of that as like a photo album like don't yeah. take that from me some sort of memorable item yeah. uh keepsake i think the question is more interesting actually for the social media companies themselves of like how long are you required to hold on to this data for I'm not necessarily required, but how long do your customers want you to hold on to it for? Are we holding on to people's Facebook posts for 200, 300 years? It's, it's a weird new zone to be in. Um, obviously, the trajectory 
of a channel, the channel of a dead person is it will fizzle out. It will fade away. Immediately after a person dies, though, weirdly enough, this stuff skyrockets. Like when Michael Jackson died, all of a sudden he's, oh, yeah. he's the top of everything. Or when the news broke with R. Kelly, that situation, all of a sudden he was leading Spotify, even when it's negative press. Mm -hmm. It's very bizarre. So when the tragedy happens, the, the popularity skyrockets, then it fades over time, and then it's up to the platform to decide what to do with it. Uh, I think they should hold on to it for as long as it's feasible to do so because I think it does help people potentially grieve. I don't know if it's the healthiest way of grieving, but it is a way of grieving. I've heard of people that go back to like old voicemails. They try to hold on to old voicemails from somebody who passed away or something like this. And I really can't tell a person how best to, to I mean, you gotta move on too, okay? Like, here's the thing, you gotta also move on. The person that's gone, they want you to move on too and be healthy and whatnot. So there is a limit to how long you wanna indulge in, 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 uh, in uh, the past and the nostalgia and so on. But I, I think having a few little pieces left over is probably good and probably healthy to a certain extent. So the social media companies, that's really a question for them. Would you have your loved ones take control of your accounts? Oh, you mean like mine specifically? You're not talking generically. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Uh, oh, that's weird. Because, because okay, so I see what Will's trying to do here. He's trying to say specifically in the case of this channel where there's a business, where it's an operation of sorts, could you yeah. hand it over to somebody? Yeah, I suppose you could if somebody was interested. I suppose you could you could keep it alive in some sense. It depends on when I die. Like, it's it's it, things are still functional right now. Mm -hmm. Are you trying to kill me, Will? <laughs> well, we always talk about in the studio, it's like, all of a sudden, what, all of a sudden, if, Will's trying to take things over by uh, what do they call that? Uh, a coup, coup d'état? That's a Is mutiny. This a mutiny inside the operation right here. Um, it's just funny because no, you're it's you're right, you're right. If it's still happening and it's a good thing and operation and whatnot, I think it does make sense potentially to keep it moving. But I don't know. It's such a new concept. Like you'll see, like with sitcoms or shows or something, if somebody becomes pregnant they just try to have to they have to get rid of the character somehow yeah. or if somebody leaves the show or gets fired or does something else it gets really weird so it's like a rock climbing accident yeah it's <laughs> kind of hard to move on especially when you have a main character i would love to ask the audience is this a really cool concept obviously this show is kind of different because it's discussion based it's a lot i mean it's just me here but i on unbox therapy specifically if Let's say I died or moved on to something else. Would you watch the show with a different host? And if so, what characteristics would that host have to um, have to uh, possess in order for you to keep watching? I'm curious, but don't give Willie Do any <laughs> ideas because all of a sudden I'm gonna I have to start checking my drinks around here, and I'm I'm real nervous yeah. right now. There you have it. Uh, we covered it all. Will threatened me. It's very scary. Uh, um, Apple's going to fix the keyboard, which I got to say I'm happy about. Uh, I think that's a, I think it's the right move. Even if it's going to take a while, it's the way to do it. Sometimes you got to face, you got to face it head on. You can't, there's no more excuses to be made. And it looks like that's what Apple's going to do. So I commend them for that. Uh, the Samsung situation, it's neither here or there as far as I'm concerned. The water resistance thing, there's always going to be this kind of thing happening in advertising. Uh, what would you call it, Will? Uh, exaggeration and advertising. They just go hand in hand. And my best advice to you is to look through the ad. 
Don't look at the ad, but like look at the motivation for the ad. Look at the boardroom, as I've told you in the past. Same thing when you're analyzing influencers. Same thing when you're looking at YouTube. Same thing when no matter where you go in this life, see through the noise, look for the signal. There you have it. That's it. That's the note right there.